we've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get the book, A World of Creativity, for a special price of $5.98 for paperback. And the Kindle version is only 99 cents. Go to mark-stinson.com to take advantage of this special offer. Tap into your most original thinking, organize your ideas, and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Well, welcome back, friends. Today, I'm so glad to create a panel discussion among singer-songwriters, musicians, producers. These guests have a lot of slashes in their titles. They combine a lot of creativity into their work. And so we're going to talk about what they're working on and their processes and how they collaborate. I'm so glad today to have Kevin Doran, Gabe Furtado, and TDV. Welcome to the show, folks. Hi, thank you Welcome for having everyone. us. How you guys doing? Can't wait to compare notes. Maybe we'll just start by a little foundation about what you're working on now. Kevin, could we start with you? Yeah, thanks for having me. So I've, like you said, there's a lot of slashes. I've been trying to take some of those slashes out of, out of how I present myself. I went to music business school about 15 years ago in Toronto. I got into the management side. I managed bands. I did almost every other role. I worked for some producers who had some fantastic careers with artists on Atlantic Records and Big Machine. I managed some bands that won a ton of money, $200,000 in grants. I am a music business consultant. I consult for a beautiful venue in Northern Idaho. It's called The Hive. And then I kept hearing from people like, you should be on stage. Why are you doing all this back-end music business stuff? And, and I perform, and that's predominantly what I do now. And I write and I produce for people. Devil is the distance between here I with my dreams, body right and bloody scene. It's simply not what it seems. The suffering is in the sea. It's so very been feeling it kicked me to the chest. Hit me with your heart. Bowling on all your anger. Tripping like the world tried to rip us both apart. You're just telling me how much you love me. It's a funny little game, but this is just a rain. I can hear the storm still coming. I can hear the sound devil in the distance calling I am not afraid, I am not afraid, I am not afraid, I am not afraid PDV, welcome to you Yeah, basically like you said earlier <laughs> We wear the suit and tie in the day and, and during the night we put on our rags I've been working on a couple of stores I've been working on a project about many months now And it's a collaboration of songs to myself and an artist from Nigeria, my fellow Nigerian artist. And we are trying to create this love and lost story through songwriting and readings. We are we are dropping the album, the EP, next month, that's June. So we are dropping it in June. Everything is set. We are ready to go, trying to work on promotions, trying to work on marketing, and trying to work on other stuff like that that's going to match up with the music and trying to create a niche. For, for the kind of music we want to draw because it's not something that comes out every time. It's not something that comes out every year, it's something that comes out once in a blue moon. So we are trying to create a unique experience through the album because it's an album that puts in a lot of sweat, a lot of money, a lot of labor, a lot of everything. So I that's currently what we're working on. And 
as Mark knows, I'm a lawyer, so I'm working on my legal profession. Um, currently, I also ink some modeling deals. I'm putting that into all my plans. And basically, I'm just good, like everyone else. I go take you anywhere you want go. Keep my shit up, show go. I want to let you to know. Tell you go love me because so. I go take you anywhere you want go. Keep my shit up. Well, another former guest, Gabe Furtado. Gabe, we talked almost a year ago, but things have been going really well. Oh my gosh, so good to be back. Thank you. And <laughs> I have a lot going on, which is surprising because I was like, I don't think I do have a lot. And then I was like, no, actually, I do. I just released a collab with also Nigerian friend, Ruzi Trues. It's called Green Lights. And it's just like a sassy, flirty song. And it has like the this delicious flavor added to it. And I also have my deluxe version of Flowers coming out next month, which is the complete collection of the self-love slash romantic and slash hopeful masterpiece that I came up in the last few years and I have my book out too which is called Living and Flourishing which you can learn a little bit about my background myself how I see things how I survived life <laughs> up to this point and music videos coming out soon so I have the golden hour one which is the one that people were like asking for and I'm like okay I'll give it to you so that's exciting and coming out this Friday. The lights are dancing to me, and you have fall upon them houses I see. The smile of the moon so charming. I fell. Yeah, all of these are great songs. Gabe, continuing on that thought, you were talking about some of the life experiences that maybe contributed to your music. What do you feel like from a creativity standpoint has influenced your style or your lyrics or your story? Then what could we learn from that? I've always loved pop music because it would be about anything and everything that you'd like to be about. So growing up listening to all these pop bangers like on the radio like Selena Gomez's and like Taylor Swift stuff or even like the rock and roll Aerosmith and love stories that made me like realize that I can write about love but I can also write about like my self-love experience and about like my losses too so not just like romantic ones like when I lost my dad and I like literally started my music career because of that like with Last Goodbye that's my debut single so I learned that I can and I will write about like anything and everything that will inspire me somehow. So I just yeah. channel it and I play the chords and I'll sing whatever comes out of my mouth. <laughs> I love that. 
Kevin, we were talking about slashes in your career, but there's also a lot of slashes in your music style. I've heard the Americana roots, the Canadian alt-rock roots. I heard some singer-songwriter ballad-type songs. How do you blend all these influences, and what's come up for you in terms of producing the music? Um, I always try and serve the song. That's uh, I had some really fantastic mentors when I was going to music business school, some of them who written Billboard charting top 10 songs. And I listened to their advice, and I took it to heart. And the number one consensus I got from multiple different influences was to serve the song. And so that's what I've always done. The best songs that I've had, one of my favorites that I've ever written is called Sunshine. And it's one of these that you just reach up and grab it in a moment from whatever you consider the either. Some people call it the either. And, and that one came to fruition two or three minutes. And I was in an alt-rock band called Bigger Fish Than Guns at the time. And it didn't necessarily fit the record we were making, but everybody recognized that it was a song that resonated. It had a topic. I call it musical antidepressant. That's the topic of it. And so we just served the song when we produced it. We've got two different versions. I have one that's on my latest sort of Americana EP called Invisible Lines. And we also produced another version on our Bigger Fish Than Guns alt-rock record. And uh, that song's done really well. I think it made the finals in the singer-songwriter section of the Unsigned Only, which is a big songwriting competition. And when I play that song live for people, I survey the crowd. And if it seems like people aren't engaged during the disease that shall not be named, I started playing more restaurants and coffee shops than I'd ever played in my life because I prefer to play ticketed shows where people are coming to listen specifically to me. And so I had to learn to grab the crowd and serve the venue. And if it seemed like there's a little bit of depression going on, I would just play that song and attract people and get them out of their shell a little bit. And I looked at the essence of that song and that was the essence is musical antidepressant. I just produced around that. And so I try and do that with any idea that I have, whether I'm the songwriter, whether I'm producing somebody else's song. And that's certainly something that one of my heroes, Rick Rubin, is definitely talks about a lot is just serving the song, listening to what the intent is and working from there. Great insight. TDV, you introduced me last year to a genre called Afro pop. I love the African beats. I love the pop influence. And it's funny, Gabe, I listened to that collaboration of yours, and it does have that nice driving drum beat underneath it all. But TDV, when it comes to the range of your music, you've written what I might call a cause song for the people. And you've also written the Can I Be Your Lover song. What are some of the influences that drive your songwriting and the topics that you feel like you want to write about? Mark, one thing that is very common about my music is the fact that my lyrics are very deep. You know what I'm saying? My lyrics are very deep and extremely meaningful. All the love songs I've written are stories that have happened to either myself or my friends or someone that has told me their stories and I'm trying to educate people about love. I'm trying to let people know what love really is. For example, my EP that is coming, the title of the EP is Lost in Love. You get what I'm saying? So I'm trying to preach to people. It is very hard to be able to discern the difference between lost and love. You get what I'm saying? These are inspirations that actually come together and make my music. Sometimes there are music about, about giving people hope, about giving people the chance, about people not losing hope, about people not giving up on life. And at the same time, you find me writing songs about how you have to love your partner very deeply, how you are not ready to let go of your partner. It's just a combination of 
different inspirations I've got from myself, personal stories, or from people that are very close to me. And what I try to do most times in my music is, despite the fact that I'm trying to pass a message across, I still want you to move your body. I still want you to shake your head. I still want you to get off your seat sometimes. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's just a combination of giving good message and making people feel good at the same time. Because at the same time, you don't want people to feel good and they just start thinking about their lives and be like, <laughs> and become sober and just become sad. So at the same time, you want people to feel the message and while feeling the message, you want them to move their body, you want them off their seats, you want them shaking their head, moving their hands and stuff like that. So I guess that's how I come about my music. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think about a psychologist friend of mine who says that stories and these messages that you described do get in more yeah. that we embody it if we are moving, yeah. if we are making some bodily very integrations. Very, 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 very. The dancing does that. I find myself raising yeah. my hands. I don't often do that on yeah. social media. I have done it. <laughs> I love that. That's I have right. also, That's right. Gabe, you told me on our interview before that just dancing around the house often gets you in a more creative kind of spirit. What I do you think it is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've got the body movement. I love that. <laughs> We've also talked about in almost every episode of this podcast, the concept of collaboration. Even though that we may be individual creators and individual artists and our name is on the cover. There's so many influences and collaborators to get the work produced and certainly then pressed or posted or distributed out there. What are some of the influences, Kevin, from a collaboration standpoint, do you think really put a mark on your work? When I really started first producing music that was released professionally. I was going to a music school, like I mentioned earlier in Toronto, and I was lucky to be surrounded by a ton of people who had similar motivations. We're all writing songs, going to study engineering, to study production. And so I was forced in living situations. We all lived together in these townhouses in a row. And you would just go to a different house and you would have people with different styles, whether it was hip hop, whether it was thunk, Americana, alternative, heavy metal. And you could sit in there and just listen and see the process. And so that's always something that's really stuck with um, the privilege to get that much exposure to so many different systems and so many people evolving their creative systems. And what I do right now, I have a standpoint songwriting competition and we reach the whole North Idaho, East, Wa East Washington regions. And I try to encourage people in the songwriting competition with the ways that they can enter more songs if they collaborate with other people. And that comes from that influence. And so I also do that when I produce artists. I try and really try. And this can be difficult because of the way that music is made right now and that fact that it's almost all self-funded at the beginning, at least. I always try and tell people have multiple brains in your recording process. Because the best records that I've ever heard and the mentors that I've had and watched them make great records that have been successful and have reached audiences of millions, they've all had multiple brains in the process. So if you write the song on your own, that's fantastic. But if you're also uh, recording that song, tracking that on your own, mixing it on your own, and then mastering it on your own, it's difficult to perceive that perspective is going to be as broad and is going to reach as many minds and ears as if you'd had three or four minds, especially if those minds are professional trained minds. And so my number one advice when I'm engineering or producing or managing a band and people are creating 
is to pay for a mastering engineer because a mastering engineer is the person at the end of that recording process, at least, who has hopefully, if you're hiring the right person, has listened to thousands, tens of thousands of records, has worked with so many artists because an engineer will work with an artist for a week, two weeks, a month, same with the producer, but a mastering engineer will go through five artists in a day, mastering tracks. And so they have this immense perspective. And so I'm always trying to get people to branch out and just have different eyes and ears, hear your product, hear your song, and then be able to take that opinion and that criticism back to the original creation moment and see if you're doing service to the original creation, to whatever it is you grabbed out of whatever, you know, or if you're two or three songwriters who wrote it, have that conversation at some point in the creation process. Like, what is the essence of this song? And then check in with it along the process. Good insight. Gabe, I know you've got a lot of people that help you bring your vision. And it, you've got that vision. You say, this is how I want to express it. Now I got to find the people to bring that vision to life, right? Yeah, exactly. And, it, and I'm so blessed because I love them. <laughs> and they're so good. They're so good. Like I work with like producers that I'm like so happy and honored to work with. And especially Sandra, which like I mentioned her on my book a lot because she's like top 1% of the best musicians like in the entire world. And it's just an honor for, like, to work with her and like the other ones too, High Five Jordan, Eric, and all the other ones that I have collaborated with. And it's just like Kevin was mentioning right now, it's, it's so much better when you work with like more than one other person because then somebody else will listen to it with like different and fresh ears and then will point something that maybe you haven't heard before because you were used to it. And then you perfect that and you get better. And then somebody else will see another thing. And then it, it just gets better and better. So it's like the power of the community, basically. Yes. It's, yes. It takes a village. Well, on TDV, I'm sure that there have been a lot of influences on your work. What kind of collaborators do you like to work with? Who do you want to attract to you to help bring your musical vision and your creative vision to life? I want to attract someone that has not heard that before in my life. Someone that has not heard my sound before. Because I think my sound can convince a lot of people. And once you hear my sound, it's something you will be interested in. And because of that, I want people that don't really like that don't really love that 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 don't really listen to that kind of music, that don't listen to that style of music to resonate with it. For example, between 2019 and 2023, I've worked with about 15 to 20 international musicians. You know what I'm saying? Like international musicians and producers from Lebanon, from Sudan, from Germany, from France, from the UK, from US. And these people, we've done series of music that, for example, they bring beats, they bring instrumentals that are not even related to Afro-pop or Afro-beats. You know what I'm saying? But because of the fact that I bring my own feel, my Afro-beat feel, I bring it into their beats, it changes the scenery. It changes everything. And at the same time, once it changes everything, people now see the feels because once there's, once there's a collaboration. Now, as an Afro-pop artist, I'm collaborating with an R&B artist or with, an, with a country music artist, with a um, pop music artist, with hip-hop music artist. You know what I'm So once I do that, it brings different tastes to the music. It makes the music sound differently. And everybody feels, wow, 
serious. So does this style of music exist? Can this style of music really go far? You know what I'm saying? So once you collaborate with people, you make collaborations with people, and people re really feel the vibe in your music, it brings it brings everything into fruition. It brings everything into fruition. And I've done quite good for myself in the last couple of years, working with different people from different cultures. I like diversifying. I like going into different cultures with my style of music, apparently. I use my style of music to infiltrate different cultures. I go to, I've done music with an Indian, you know what I'm saying? So I've done music with an Indian, with a Lebanese, with all different, all cultures, different cultures, different religion, trying to bridge the gap, trying to make sure that music is music, you know what I'm saying? What, what really differs between our music is, to me, is nothing. Yes. Because music, once, once you listen, for example, if you listen to an Indian music, I might not understand what they are saying in the music, I might not understand the lyrics, but you see me moving my body because music is a feel. You know what I'm saying? It brings up emotions. And, and once people feel it, they enjoy the vibe. You know what I'm saying? Because of my collaborations with different sets of people, different cultures, it's been very great so far. Uh, that's terrific. A couple of episodes back, I had a chance to talk with Hennings Vorn of Oceanside Recording. They're off in the middle of nowhere island of Norway, okay, creating this music. And he was talking like you did, to Kevin, about the role of the engineer, not just to push the buttons and turn the knobs, but to have that idea and that contribution to whether it's a new instrument, it's a new beat, it's a new level of which should be in the front and which should be in the back. And it was very fascinating. Like you just said, TDV, sometimes to get unstuck or to get inspired, just a new instrument. Hey, I've never heard a sound like that. So it was very cool to hear that. Before we go much further, I want to make sure we know how to connect with each of you and get a sample of your work, get some visibility of what you're working on. Gabe, where can we find you and connect with you? You can Google my name. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's this new easy. thing. <laughs> Gabe Furtado. And then you can find my Insta, my contact, my, my beautiful songs, and my book if you want to read something nice and cool and fresh. And you see me in on TV soon, so go watch my Insta, guys. <laughs> I love that. TDV, what are your coordinates? <laughs> I think I'm also everywhere. On Facebook, just TDV, my name with, with it sounds TDV, but without putting the he's, the extra he's, it's not going to be possible to find me, you get what I'm saying? So anywhere you put TDV with the extra he's, you're surely going to find me on Instagram, TDV, Facebook, TDV official, virtually those two places. And once you Google my name, it said, you're going to find my songs. And once you get to Instagram, you're going to find a link to go directly to all my beautiful songs like Everyone has beautiful songs to all my energetic songs. Fantastic. Kevin, where should we look for you? I hit from social media for years because I got into the industry, music industry, right? Sort of before streaming took over. And just in the last couple of years, I started to really focus on Instagram. So you can find me at Kevin Doran, D-O-R-I-N is how you spell my last name. And on YouTube, at Kevin Doran. And I'm even doing TikTok. Ooh. Katie <laughs> makes music is me on there, but I've got hundreds of songs that I've I've been working over the last couple of years, and so I'm going to be releasing those all on those platforms. You can find me on streaming services, and um, yeah, I'm trying my best to embrace the positivity of social media. So please come on the journey. 
Instagram is my number one. That's where I'm putting out the best content and where my audience is growing the best. I know everyone on this show embraces what you just said, the positivity of social media. It's been so great to talk to you all. We've talked about creative process and we've talked about influences, but I'd like to hear as we close what you might say to other creatives, other people who've been in your shoes as a word of encouragement and maybe even inspiration to get their work out into the world. Gabe, what would you tell someone? Stay true to who you are. Get to know yourself, know what you like, know what you want, know who you are, and then stay true to your vision and just keep going. Don't stop, don't ever stop. Keep pushing, keep going. Take some time to rest and chill so you can recharge your energy and then just push a little further. Very good. TDV, based on your lessons that you've learned, what would you tell other creatives? It is not easy. It is not easy being an independent musician. It is not easy being an indie. Because it's not easy, you're going to have less opportunities. And you're going to have less people contacting you because you have to go out there yourself. You have to push yourself. Without pushing yourself, nobody is going to push you. That's just the point. Because it is not easy being an independent musician. You get to pay for everything on your own. You get to fix everything on your own. You are like an entrepreneur trying to set up a business. Because everyone knows how hard it is to set up a business. So as an indie musician, the, you can be, your confidence level can be very low. And sometimes you can be at your very lowest level. And sometimes you can be at your very highest level. So the most important thing, like Dave said, is to keep going. Is to never give up. To always think that there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Some would say, why don't you bring the light at the beginning of the tunnel? Why should we take it at the end of the tunnel? So the most important thing is just how to get to the end of the tunnel. And how do you get to the end of the tunnel? Perseverance. You get lots of no's, lots of rejected. But at the same time, once you keep moving, once you keep moving, once you keep moving, it might just be one yes. It might just be one accepted sure. that will work for you. Very good. Kevin, you've shared a lot of your experience, but what's the wrap-up motivation that you could offer our creatives? I love this question, actually. I've been thinking about this specifically for the last couple of weeks. I'm doing a seminar with, with regional artists here at the venue I consult for, Elevate Your Music Career is what it's called. And I had to think about this question in order to put together the information for people. And the synopsis, the one statement is, know your value. It really echoes what Gabe and TDV just said. Like that, those are both really passionate answers. And the question is, how do you know your value? And for me, from the business perspective that I've had and the opportunity to perform and to play with some of my heroes and have songs on the radio and things like that, social media is a challenge in the way that it makes you often feel isolated. And certain types of music thrive, certain things that a zeitgeist do better than others. And so Get out there in reality, get shows, go play at a coffee shop, go to an open mic, play your music, test it out for real people and find a community because you may not be as talented yet as you need to be, but you may have that willpower. And if you can balance the willpower with the talent, you're going to start to see results and you're going to see social media and the algorithms and all these things that people can demonize start to help and accept you because what you're doing is you're streamlining what people actually need at the time, like the word, the zeitgeist, the spirit of the times, right? So know your value, 
And don't measure your value by the social media results. Don't measure your value, like TD, TDB said, about the no's that you're getting. As someone who's managed bands and worked for music business companies and promoters and things like that, I've been the person on the other end giving the no many times. And I need people to know from my experience, it's not often because I didn't like their music. There's only two types of music, good music and bad music. It's subjective. And so if you can go out in reality, in front of real people, test yourself, grow from seeing how the crowd reacts to you, work hard on getting better at being an entertainer and providing value that is in your heart, but also that other people react positively to, you're going to get that motivation to go through those no's, to wake up, make a list of things. I have a list of things because I've got a single, I am not afraid out right now that is targeted at the zeitgeist of the time. There's so much fear out there. I go through that list every day and it's find blogs to submit to. It's work an hour on the next song that I'm going to release production. It's sit down and evaluate my past catalog and see what's going on currently in the news, in whatever's pop culture, and see if any of it has become more relevant to the day. And the reason I'm able to do that is because I've played hundreds and hundreds of shows and I've played on big stages and tiny little coffee shops. And I've paid attention to the fact that there are certain things I've worked really hard on that provide value to audiences. And that gives me mo the motivation to go through the nose, know your value. Wonderful insight. Guys, what a terrific conversation. I have just really enjoyed it. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so nice much. Nice to meet both you guys. Nice to meet y'all. It's, nice it, meet it, it's yeah. always fun to get other friends together. This is like the virtual coffee shop, meeting meeting friends from uh, <laughs> all over the world. So thanks for coming on. And listeners, thank, thank you, you for coming by, because I know this is the kind of worldwide experience. We have six or eight countries represented just on this podcast alone because of where people have been born, raised, living, working. So we, we yeah, have a global yeah, yeah. point of view and perspective. Come back again next time. We're going to continue these around the world travels about how to get inspired, how to get your ideas organized, and how to gain the confidence and the connections to get your work out into the world. So until then, I'm Mark Stenson, and we're unlocking your world of creativity. See you soon. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and ThePeaceRoom.Love. If you like this podcast, here's another show that you'll like from BSB Media. The Patients Speak, Healthcare Innovations Accelerating the Patient Journey. It features interviews with healthcare leaders, patient advocates, medical providers, and researchers. Presented by 83 Bar. Look for The Patient Speak on your favorite podcast app.